Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, this is Anne-Marie Lockhart and you're listening to Vox Poetica's 15 Minutes of Poetry. Um, I am back after quite a time off there uh, due to illness and having no voice, which would have been really disappointing uh, if you were trying to listen to the show and I was trying to actually speak. So I'm back in full form today and I have a great guest whose name is Emma Eden Ramos, and thank you so much for joining me, Emma. Thank you for having me. We're here to talk about writing, which is not a surprise to anybody, but we're here particularly today to talk about um, intra-genre writing, I guess. Um, Emma, tell us a little bit about your new book. Um, my, new, my, my new novel is a young adult novel. Um, it's titled... Still at Your Door, a fictional memoir, and it's about a young woman, um, a 16-year-old named Sabrina, um, who lives in Pennsylvania with her mother, uh, her bipolar mother, and two sisters, and the book basically starts with her mother dropping her and her sisters off um, at their grandparents' home on the Upper West Side of New York City. Uh, with the promise that she'll be back, and um, she doesn't return, and Sabrina and her sisters are sort of left to fend for themselves, um, but their grandparents sort of create a, a very a, a more stable environment than the one that they're used to, and they become accustomed to living, you know, the li- life of normal normal young girls and. Then her mother returns, and that's it's, it's difficult for her to make the decision whether or not she wants to go back with her mother and uh, or you know, stay with her grandparents, and and so I mean, that's really the premise. Yeah. Now, this this is not your first book. Um, tell yeah. us a little bit about some of the your other books, and you know how you got to this point with this story. Um, well, my first book was actually it was a poetry chat book, um, and it came out came out in 2011. And I had written a few poems that had been published, um, and um, the editor of uh, Heavy Hands Inc. Uh, named Maxwell Baumbach. Um, we are big fans of Maxwell's yes. work. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Fantastic, and um, yeah. he contacted me and asked if I would be interested in writing a chapbook. Um, so I, you know, I'd never, I'd only written, you know, maybe a handful of poems, and you know, and so I, I, I said I would. It was sort of a challenge, and um, I had a couple of months, and I, you know, I, I said I would, and then I found myself just thinking. I don't know how I'm going to do this, and um, so what I ended up doing was was sort of writing a um, a whole narrative um, using you know through verse and telling a story of three women and um, how they connect, but using you know writing it through through poetry, and I think that really writing in the in sort of that using the the constraint was was really helpful for me. Um, and so 
then after that I wrote um, a short middle grade novel that came out in 2012, and then this is my third, my third book. Now, what, um, when you, so you went from poetry and you went to, you know, um, juvenile stories. I don't mean juvenile stories, but, you know, books for children in different ages here. Um, What made you decide that your audience would be young readers? Um, Well, actually, I, I had started the middle grade story, I think, I think around 2010, and then I put it away for a while. Um, and when I was asked to write the poetry chat book, that sort of came before, and I had mm. um, I kind of abandoned the story, and then I ended up coming back to it. And I think um, I think writing for young adults it, it seems it feels natural. I think. Um, I kind of like my adolescent voice a little more than mm. my old voice, um, and it's. I mean, I, you know, I we all have. Ter- I mean, we all have bad memories from you know, our <laughs> high school days, and you know, I I want to. I feel like I can connect to younger readers, and you know, I I I think it's it's important to know for them to know that you know they're people who understand and we've gotten through adolescence yeah. and it's awful but can be awful but it it does get better and so I think that's that's what that's what interests I me. love I love that you said you really um you're speaking about your adolescent voice and that's one of the things that really resonates in your writing and I think mm-hmm. that is such a key piece um and oftentimes we don't think much about it when we're writing but for a lot of people when you're writing, when your writing doesn't feel right, that's what the problem is. You're not really speaking from the genuine voice that the story needs, and that's mm-hmm. a hard thing to hone in on sometimes. Um, and I, I love that you found that, and you you have this zone where that really works. I would love for you to read us a little bit from the book, from the new book. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, this is this is a the beginning paragraph in chapter two. Stocky and graceless, the bus rattles through the heart of Pennsylvania. For a short while, I imagine we are in an above-ground submarine, studying the rapidly changing landscape. There, to my right, that neon blue race car is the great white of the highway. Step in its path, and you'll be smashed to pulp and bone. Those small houses on the edge of our path, they're nooks crevices in the residential coral reefs. The further you venture into the reef, the larger, safer they become. But as outsiders, fast-moving spectators in this above-ground marine system, we don't get to enjoy the comforts of those areas. We are simply passing through. It's a great description of, um, of what a young girl would see making that journey. And yeah. feel as she does that, yeah. yeah. Um, how did you get the idea for this book? Well, I actually, I um, speaking of poetry, I read um, Anne Sexton's daughter, uh, Linda Gray Sexton, who is one of my favorite writers. I read her autobiography titled um, Searching for Mercy Street, and it's mm-hmm. about her 
her, well, growing up with, you know, Anne Sexton, who is well, I mean, along with being, you know, a brilliant poet, she's probably my favorite poet, was also really struggled with mental illness. And, um, you know, raising two children was quite, was quite stressful for her. And so I, you know, I read this book and I thought, you know, well, <laughs> I, I guess I, that's where the idea came from initially. I thought, you know. Hmm. Did um, you, so in the, in the leap from poetry to fiction, um, and and in the search for voice, I guess. How did how did the poetry writing inform your fiction writing? Um, well, I think that you know when you're when you're writing poetry. Um, I actually I had read this. There's a quote by the poet um, Samuel Coleridge, and he says, "The definition of good prose is proper words in their proper places." of good verse, the most proper words in their proper places. And I, I remember thinking about that and, you know, wondering, well, you know, what if, what if I, or what if one tried to write prose and, you know, thought about it as, you know, the way they would writing poetry um, and focused on each individual word but still told a story. And I do think that there are writers who do that, who have done that, and, and use very poetic language in their fiction. Um, and I think that that's, that writing poetry helped me, you know, learn to do that. And that was something that I sort of wanted to do and wanted to um, explore. I, I think that um, the excerpt that you read kind of visualizes that, you know, illuminates that for us. And I. I think um, particularly I get a sense of metaphor from it, which is, you know, one of the things we really um, use in a more concrete way possibly in, in poetry than we do in fiction. But the presence of it almost in, an, in a, such an accessible way in the fiction really does add dimension to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. and, and I also think that's another challenge, though, especially when uh, you're, you're talking about voice and you're, what, what you're able to do, what you really... I think um, maybe gives you a little bit of a, a stretch there is you, you're getting the child's voice correct. You're getting it it's accurate and it's genuine, but it, it's infused with something bigger. And so part of the ability to tell her story is to inflect meaning in that via this poetic devices that, that don't feel out of place when you're using this character to tell it. I think that's also a very delicate balance. It, did you struggle with that? Did you evaluate what you were writing from that context of how it would be heard by a child or when it became intrusive? I did. I actually, um, one, of, one of the things I started doing when I began writing was I, I went back. I, I have all my journals from you know, when I was 14 onward. And so I went back and I, you know, I think many teenagers or many of us sort of write stream of conscious um, and so I, I, I looked at those, and I, you know, I tried to zone in on, you know, my sort of abstract thoughts as a 14-year-old, so that I could, I guess, understand, you know, what, what a or 16-year-old, you know, how she would think, and how to use poetic language, but not, 
overused it to the point where it no longer sounds like it's coming from a 16-year-old. Right, um, right. And I, you know, I think that, you know, I don't, I consider myself more of a, a fiction writer than a poet, and so, you know, perhaps um, I don't think, you know, in sort of abstract language, and so that may have made it easier for me. I think if I, if I thought more like a poet, it would have been harder to, um, to make that distinction while writing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, poetry can kind of take you away from, <laughs> from, from that original place of that storytelling voice. It, it can kind of go off on its own a little bit. And I think that, that could be a big challenge when you're writing something like that. You need the continuity of that voice to carry it through. And, um, what are yeah, you? I mean, um, yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> oh, uh, I was just. Um, yeah. Well, I actually, well, while I was writing, I didn't. I, I read very little fiction during the time that I was writing this um, this book. And uh, one of the collections I read was Anne Sexton's Transformations, which is basically her collection of the classic fairy tales, but told through mm. her. Through, vo- through verse, rather, and um, you know, she she uses poetry, but she tells a story, and so I think I was able to pull from that, um, mm-hmm. and I found that very helpful, um, you know, in writing a story, but trying to use poetic language. Yeah. Did um, when you were finished with that book, um, mm-hmm. did you feel that? the experience of writing and storytelling in that manner was something that um, kind of you'd satisfied, or is there more for you to do? Is there more for you to explore along that line? Um, you know, when I finished it, I think I felt like this is it. This is, this is what I want to do. This is the, um, this is the voice I want to use. Um, this feels most natural. Um, so, yeah, no, I think I found the genre that I'd like to mm-hmm. to work in. I mean, and what I, is your what is your next project? Um it's I think it's also going to be young adult. I tried writing something different and it just didn't work. And so I've been playing <laughs> with some ideas. <laughs> but um yeah, it's I, I'm I'm almost positive it'll be young adult. When um when you say it didn't work, I know I mean, like I I know I know what that means. We all know what that means. But I think it does sometimes mean something different to different people. What mm-hmm. about it did you feel wasn't working? Well, I think there were two two issues. I think the first one was I was trying to write in third person, which I can't do. I think it's I mean, I I love I love novels written in third person. I mean, it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's such a traditional form, you know, but I mean, I, when I read Jane Austen, it's beautiful but I can't I feel too removed I mean I you know perhaps it's just uh, it's just uh, you know a, a deficiency it's just something I can't do and so that was an issue um, and also I was trying to write about an older character you know and I, I was trying to sort of grasp my my 45 year old voice and I just I couldn't really find her um, mm. You know, I, I felt like it just ended up being kind of stilted and um, just not really working. There was something very adolescent about my 45-year-old voice. So I 
you know, and um, that's not really what I was looking for. So no, I, maybe, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, so maybe when I'm 45, I will go back and, and be able to do it properly, but not right now. Maybe when you're 45, you can find the 25-year-old voice. Maybe <laughs> that's yeah. the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I can always be about 20, 20 years behind, which is okay. <laughs> Can you, um, we're, we're running low on time. Can you give me um, an email address, not an email address, a website address, a place where people can find you online, any place they can find your work? Um, well, my, uh, my website is um, emmaedenramos.weebly.com, and I'm on Facebook. I, um, I do have a Facebook page, but I'm also on Facebook as as myself, as a person, and, you know, I, I always accept friend requests, I guess. Um, and I'm on Twitter, um, Emma Eden Ramos. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of... You're available. <laughs> You're yes. out there. We can Google you and I'm find available, you. Gary, yes. <laughs> when, when is your next reading and where will that be? Um, I'm doing a reading on April 3rd. Um, it's at a place called Book Culture, and it's on 112th Street um, between Amsterdam and Broadway, uh, right by Columbia University. And it'll be uh, April 3rd at 7 o'clock. And so that'll, I'll be reading from my, my book. What do you write in the time between big projects? So you just finished this book, it's out now, and you have another book kind of on the horizon, but what, what do you do to fill the writing space in between? I do a lot of reading. Um, mm. I think I, I sometimes, I've probably read five books in the last three weeks. Um, so I sort of go sort of into a, a reading binge, and then <laughs> after that I see... I think that we've lost Emma on the phone, ladies and gentlemen, um, and I'm so sorry about that, but it, it does look like um, she did get us her information. So you can Google her, you can find the book, it is available for sale, it has been released, and she will be uh, reading on April 3rd um, up near Columbia. So if you're in the New York area, do make it a point to go see her. Thank you for joining me today. And thank you for listening as often as you do. It's a wonderful thing for me to have uh, voices come and share their experience writing with us all and for your ears to be out there receiving those words. I'm really happy to be back, and I hope you all have a great day. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.